Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from Brian and Concerts That Made Us podcast. Wait, so you like concerts, podcasts, and music, and you don't listen to Concerts That Made Us podcast? Oh man, you're missing out. You've got to head over there straight away. They have interviews with the best up-and-coming bands, as well as some famous ones thrown in the mix too. And don't even get me started on the concert stories. Oh man, are they wild. That's Concerts That Made Us podcast. New episodes every Thursday on all podcast players. I am Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. I got a great guest with me at this time from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is singer, songwriter, and producer. Please welcome Rocky of Borstal Boys. What's up, Matthew? Thanks for having me, man. Very nice to have you on this episode. Uh, I'm even rocking a new Super Cool Radio shirt for this episode. I like it it a lot. (laughs) So where are you from, anyhow? I was watching some of the broadcasts, and you from somewhere where it snows a lot, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, flipping around on me for the, I haven't got uh, any. I haven't even said anything yet uh, outside my in- intro. But yes, I'm from South Bend, Indiana. Okay, it's uh, it's mostly snowy and cold for about six months. Okay, my first girlfriend ever. She moved here to Pittsburgh. Was from South Bend, Indiana. That's really? Yes, that's correct. Uh, well, we're making connections here on uh, right Super away. Radio without even knowing it. <laughs> that's awesome i actually i went to pittsburgh uh let's see uh, about 2019 i went to uh, a pirates game okay we obviously lost right <laughs> i wasn't sure where where you were on that but yeah they were not very good yeah no we haven't been for years and years <laughs> but i did get some program at the park though there you go and me, me being polish i always always look for a chance to get program did you get into the race at all were you in the pierogi race? No. no. Or anything? <laughs> I ate too many pierogies. I couldn't participate. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, that's an awesome connection. I think the uh, the thing people always uh, they always ask me about uh, South Bend. I just say, well, if, if you're familiar with Notre Dame, that's uh, pretty much where I live. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm a pitch fan, so I'll, I'll let that one go. We'll pass on that one. I. I Hey, all right, I right, don't uh, don't want any hostility here. <laughs> all right, so I think we're off to a really great start here on uh, uh, for this episode. Obviously, I'm chatting with Rocky Borstal Boys. Uh, so before we really jump into everything, outside of your band's music, what have you been listening to this week? Uh, this week, um, usually I just uh, put on my uh, iTunes and I put like songs on and i just hit shuffle so it's it's not one thing in particular um i'm into like regular rock and roll with blues influence rock and roll some heavier stuff but uh, not too heavy personally um 
I dig a lot of music. I dig up pretty much all kinds of music, you know? Right. I can, I can definitely do that. I'm in the same boat with my stuff. I'm always curious what people are listening to. That's why I ask. This week definitely has been Motorhead for me this week. Okay. Uh, just sometimes you got to put that on and get, get work done. Motorhead yeah, yeah, yeah. is the option. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I do that with the Faces a lot because the Faces are my favorite band. So if, you know, if I really want to get something done around the house or something like that, I put the Faces on. Yeah, just something to really get the, the energy up and really get you moving and motivated. That's usually what I go to, especially oh, working okay. out or like, uh, you know, getting work uh, episodes work and done. So I could totally agree with that. That's cool. So obviously for you, uh, Rocky, how did you get started as a musician? Because I know uh, I read up on you. I know you started at a relatively young age actually playing in clubs too. Yeah, I guess I was about 15 or so, uh, right before high school. Um a lot of my friends, the older friends, were all in bands, and uh, so I started to play music, and um, I went to a performing arts high school here in Pittsburgh, so I went there, and then I started playing in bands. I, I was playing in, in clubs. There's a big club in Pittsburgh, the Decade. I started playing there when I was 16, so I was playing in clubs by the time I was 16. Um, I was just always in the music, and, and I guess the guys I grew up with were, um, they were in the music, they played music. So I guess I was just drawn to that, you know. Yeah, I totally feel you on that. So how was it, uh, obviously, playing clubs uh, at such a relatively young age? Obviously, I don't, uh, didn't think you, you – know, you obviously can't drink at that age, but you know, maybe you did. I don't know. But kind uh, of how, <laughs> you don't have to admit anything. <laughs> I'm 50 now. I'm think, I think the, uh, I'm not going to get in trouble now. <laughs> but how was that, like, experience of playing uh, clubs, you know, just being a teenager? Um, it was cool. It was, I mean, that's what kept me doing it because, um, playing music just always made me feel good. You know, um, I guess when I was younger and stuff, I mean, I was playing cover tunes and you were just playing music and people treated you a little differently because you were in a band, you know what I mean? And it was kind of cool that people were like, Hey, oh, you're playing music. You know, they were real, um, I'm trying to think of the word. They, they were just real. They didn't treat you like just somebody else. You know what I mean? They were all, they wanted to talk to you because you were in a band. And I guess that's probably really what kept me into music before I learned that I wanted to learn how to play it better was more the connection, I guess, with people and things like that. So, Yeah, definitely. It's really neat, especially uh, just having those experiences and starting off, you know, as, as a teenager. But I know for, uh, for you, I know you have a very lengthy uh, music career, but not only as a performer on stage and a, and a songwriter, but also I know you uh, you started producing and had your own kind of uh, homegrown uh, recording studio. Uh, so how was that? Was that unusual for the 90s? Well, okay, so I guess in the early 90s, I was in a band, Torn Afraid, and we did really well. We won like a, a local rock challenge, and we were a pretty good band in the city of Pittsburgh. Um and I was just always into recording. One of my main guys that I was always into was like Lenny Kravitz, and he did all of his own stuff. So um, I was just in – well, I was into the Beatles as well. So I was always into um, the concept of or getting sounds, like, oh, how'd they get that sound, or it sounded really cool. So I was into that, and um, I started accumulating things, and then I got my own studio, and I started running my own studio. And um, at that time, you know how right now – everybody has a studio in their house. But at that time, 
pretty much there wasn't many people who did it was just a few people who had studios so i ended up doing uh, recordings for a lot of the bands around town and I got the bands that were didn't have money, you know what I mean? Punk bands, rock bands who were playing clubs, not really making a lot of money or anything like that. Um, but that kind of that experience actually, I really, I really dug it, you know. So I, it just really got me into it. I really didn't start producing then. I was just recording other bands and um, getting sounds and things. And I think toward later on after two thousand. Um, I started working with a couple people, Norm Nardini, who's a big guy around town and stuff, and just working with him and learning from the way he produces uh, about, about when you record a song that's different than playing live, you don't want the parts to clash or anything like that. So I really got into that part of it, and I learned a lot from him and, and other people. So um, that's really what, what got me producing, you know, is, is learning that, you know, it's not about just bashing something out real hard or whatever you got to listen to what everybody else is doing because on tape it's different than live live you know it's all coming at you like a wall and uh but in the studio when you play back it's it's not it's it it's not uh it's merciful you know what i mean it, you, there's no you hear everything that's wrong when you play it back you know and you're stuck with it forever so i kind of got into that that's how i started doing the producing thing I think that's really unique and really cool. You know, with, without context, if I just said you had your own uh, recording studio in your in your house, that does not seem like obviously nowadays that is not a very obscure thing to say. But obviously, going back, you know, uh, through the decades, it, it was a very uh, unusual thing or a different thing uh, that not many people had access to or or at least had in their own house. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean. Everybody could put out, they could go home tonight and make a, write a song and they could put it out and they could have it on iTunes like immediately. It's, it's, it, it, back then it was a different, it was a different beast, you know what I mean? Uh, you actually had to go to a studio, pay somebody, do studio time, mix it down. You know, it, it, you didn't, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do it all from home. Now you can. I mean, there's good things and bad things about that, I guess. Uh, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> now anybody can do it, so uh, you get anything. But yeah, there's definitely good and bad with everything, obviously. And there's, you know, different qualities of music out there with, with everything, depending on how they do it. But I think it's definitely a very, I think it's a good option to have, especially if people, um, you know, especially if you have the drive and passion for it, oh, to yeah. really make it a quality that you're, you know, that you're happy with that you want to put out instead of rushing and putting something out kind of similar to what you were saying with the live versus studio is that live, you, you know, it is a wall. You hear everything because that's a live experience. With the studio, you can't really do that because you have to make you know certain parts you know sound different, you know different qualities, different sounds to make it more you know uh, enjoyable for the listener. Well, yeah, I mean, plus you're stuck with it. That's what you wrote, and uh, ten years down the line, you're going to listen to it and say, "Well, what the hell did I do here?" Or you're going to be like, "Wow, I did something really cool," you know. So when you're making it, you kind of you should really be thinking that, like, "Hey, am I really going to dig this?" You know couple years from now is this something that i'm going to be proud of you know i think that's a really good mindset too for when you're releasing music and producing music that uh it has to stay in the test of time you know like because either it's going to get swept under the rug or like if someone brings up hey remember you did this back you know a few years ago and go, oh yeah i did do that a few years. <laughs> yeah don't bring that up man don't bring that up <laughs> Some things are like that. You're like, oh, no, please, please don't play that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I think that is a good mindset to have for anyone who, who you know, any, any musician releasing music 
instead of like people, I think, uh, I think, think too much long, uh, short term of, I have to get music out. I have to get stuff to people instead of going, let me take a few extra, you know, steps here and make it something I'm really proud of that has, it's at the highest quality I can have it. And then it's going to be, everyone's going to really be, uh, it's going to be impactful when people listen to it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's, I mean, I try, I try to do that with pretty much everything I do now, you know, for sure is, you know, I, I don't try to rush anything in terms of, of recording and putting something out, you know, it, it's, it's a process and some people do it faster. Some people do it slower. You know, there's people who are worse than me who, you know, even when it's perfect, they're like, it's not, it's not good enough. It needs this or that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it can go the range of uh, some people are never satisfied. You know, so, I mean, but as long as it's, as long as you're proud of it, you know, it's a good thing to do. In terms, though, of, of what you said, everybody, it's a good thing that everybody can now record and stuff. It is, because a long time ago, when I first started doing that kind of stuff, the early 90s and stuff like that, there were very few people who were playing music. And, you know, I mean, there was a lot of people playing, but it, it wasn't to the scale as it is now. Like, if you go into a high school now, there might have been, in 1990, like, four people in your class that might have been dabbling and playing music now it's probably like 30 percent of a classroom probably records at home themselves you know so yeah, it's a good thing i think i think it definitely is especially uh the opportunities that i think people in high school and you know younger people have i think is incredible nowadays that they have uh, a lot of access to learning about you know uh, how to either play an instrument or how to produce or write i think there's a lot of resources out there nowadays that i think people didn't have in like the 80s and 90s oh yeah well actually you can get the song lyrics now too as well right exactly Back then we were singing the wrong lyrics but it didn't really matter as long as you had the right melody right <laughs> yeah it sounds about right <laughs> but it's something i want i want to touch on that you said you know just a few minutes ago you were talking about being satisfied with the song like for you you know with with uh borstal boys and your own producing when do you know like this is a this is i'm going to stop here with this song i know it is ready now to be released or you know when do you know a song is complete well i guess there's two different things that complete as in where it's um how it's actually written like in terms of form is different than complete recording wise so when i'm writing a song it might change because I'm in a band, it's different than somebody who's just writing a song. I, I'm, we might write a song or I might write a song and and it might change in a couple months of us playing. So we'll just play it every day or every week at, at practice. And then two months later, it might have a totally different form. You know what I mean? To the song. And then when you finally go in the studio, you know what that is and you record it. Now, the process after you have the rhythm tracks done, so after you put everything on top of it, could be... It just takes what it takes. I mean, you start you start listening every week. You there's something else on it, and then you're like, you know, maybe I want this on it or I want that on it. But uh, for me, though, working at the vault, I never really run out of time, which is a good thing with me because uh, Bob McCutcheon signed me to the vault, and he doesn't give us any time limit. So whenever I just can't think of anything else to put on a song, I'm pretty much done with it. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like, I have to have it done by October because my studio time's up or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just a constant thing that goes for me. Anyhow. I just thought it was something interesting that you know, obviously just came to my head. I didn't have, didn't have that uh, question prepared. I just thought it's something interesting. I've asked that to a few other people 
And it, it just always, I'm always curious. It's kind of like with, with my episodes, you know, what I do for Super Cool Radio, there's always a fine line be like between, you know, getting it done and then putting too much in it that you ruin it. There's always that fine line of where yeah. are you going to be satisfied? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can ruin things. You know, you want to add things and then, and then you end up, it, it ends up being not even kind of like what you start or, or you as a person. So if, if your identity is a certain kind of music and then you start putting things on in the studio and like there's songs that I, that we actually have done that like, I'm like, well, we can't ever do that live again now because I just don't have that. We don't have a horn section live. We don't have a, you know, so if I stack it too much, then when I play it live, I'm kind of let down like, wow, I, it's just not the same now that I had all this other stuff on it. So you got to watch with that, you know, but I think it's more important that, that, that the thing that you're recording is what you want it to sound like rather than worrying about if you could do the same thing live, you know? Um, I mean, I could do the same thing if I had, if I hired 10 more musicians to get on stage with me or whatever, but, um, it's just, I think it's just more important. That's why I became a producer and, and work in producing things because, that's what I, I like to do, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think definitely, you know, music is it is an art. And obviously, everyone interprets it differently. Everyone has their own style, sound that they that they want, especially being a musician. And I think you have to be satisfied with it first. You obviously have to keep in mind, you know, obviously, how is this going to translate live if you decide to do it live? Uh, that's why I know, like, I know bands who... They, they stack a lot of stuff and they have backing tracks. So they, obviously there, there's options if people ever wanted to, but you know, again, I'm getting a little off track, but uh, there, there's always options for different stuff, but it's also, you have to be happy with what you're doing and how it's going to present to other people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. For sure. I know you mentioned uh, the vault. Uh, so how did, how did you and Bob meet and uh, how did you actually get started working at the vault? I, uh, so Bob, a buddy of mine said, um, I'm recording this session. He said, I'd like you to come play bass on it, which which I went over to play bass with my old drummer, Angelo Amateo, who was, uh, we were in a Dirty Charms together. But this was this guy, Terry Thomas, who uh, I'm forever grateful for, for introducing me to Bob, because uh, I went over and did a session with Terry. And while I was there, you know, I just started saying, hey, I think we should go to a chorus here. I think we should do this to the tune or that to the tune. And Bob kind of really dug the way I started producing the, the session and I wasn't even really the producer, you know what I mean? He just seen how I took it and said, Hey, and, and changed things a little bit or whatever. So he dug that. And then I started saying, I, wa I wanted to start recording my own music. The Dirty Charms was a band I was in. We were done and I wanted to do a solo album. So I went over to his place and, um, to start work on my own songs. And, uh, he just really dug all my tunes and he liked the way I worked with things. So he, he signed me to his label. And, uh, ever since then, it's been five years now. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, I have a, every go, I go over there every Tuesday night and we hang out and talk and, and record music. And like I said, there's no pressure. So it's not like I have to have anything done. So I record an album and whatever, however long it takes us to finish it. By the time I finish an album, I usually started rhythm tracks on the second album. He always laughs at me. He's like, we got to finish this album before we do the next one. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I crumbs that just came out as our new album and I'm just finishing up our, our next album, which was our, it's been recorded for a year and a half now. I mean, the rhythm tracks were, but everything's done on it now. So 
you know, we were going to start mixing that. I'm already saying, hey, when are we going to get in to do rhythm tracks for the next one? He's like, settle down. <laughs> settle down. Why don't you wait a little? Let's get this one out first. But, uh, you know. Hey, I like the drive. I like the dedication. Uh, you know, just uh, really just, you, you know what you want, uh, you know, with, with, with getting the music and uh, going from one to the next. Hey, I I respect that a lot. I know uh, some a few other musicians who they'll complete an album, and when I talk to them, they're like, "Yep, we, I know we just released this new album, but I already have one another one in the works." So I, I respect that a lot. I mean, things just, especially well, it, it really got crazy there during COVID. I guess you know because uh, COVID, uh, everything was shut down, and and. Uh, it just gave us a lot of time to, to do things in the studio. So I guess I'm really getting caught up from the years of COVID of writing a lot of tunes while you're home or whatever, you know? So I, I, wasn't, I wasn't the kind of person who got into a show and uh, didn't do anything during COVID. I think I did more musically than I did ever during that time. It's very interesting. It makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, as a musician, you know, live shows, uh, you know, obviously is, is an, as an aspect of being a musician, but when you don't have really anything going on, no events or anything, what else do you do? And that's write and record. Yeah. yeah. And the band got together the whole time during COVID. I mean, every week we still got together and played and did, you know, we did COVID videos where we would sit and play acoustic in the room and just put out like a little video or something. So we, we just met, we, made our own opportunities i guess you could say for it i think you have to and especially i think a lot of people were looking for different and interesting ways to connect with their audience to you know digitally see people you know that's why obviously you know the you know the acoustic shows in people's like uh living rooms was a really big thing in 2020 and still people still do it now it's just because it's just a way to connect with your audience without you know getting together yeah yeah for sure I personally like to get together. I like doing shows. I, I mean, I love studio work and stuff, but I'm also one of those guys. I, I love going out and doing a show. I don't care if there's 25 people or a hundred people. I, I, I like to play, you know, and, and I think the band gets tighter when it does shows and, and plays a lot together. So um, I, I enjoy it, you know, so. Definitely. I think there's one thing that cannot be duplicated and it definitely does not tra translate digitally is the energy of a crowd at a show. It can't really be duplicated in any formats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you feed off of that. Exactly. Definitely. So and I, I really want to talk about so the Borstal Boys. I, I've heard you guys have a really stacked lineup of some very talented musicians. Uh, how, did the, how did the lineup uh, come about? Well, it depends on what lineup you have there. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about the, uh, the, the current lineup because that's the one I saw. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, when we first started, it was me. Vinny was in my all my other bands. So Vinny Kusha, me and him do most of the writing. Um, and we had Scott Wilson playing drums. And we had Patrick, who was in a band called Rusted Root, who did really, really well with that band. And uh, he came on board and played with us for a while. He's not in the band anymore. Um, Scott's not in the band anymore. Uh, Matt Ferrante's in the band. And um, we have Dave Buzard, who's uh, the new guitar player with Vinny. But um, Joe Pileski plays keys. He came from the Iron City House Rockers or Joe Grzecki's band. Um, so he played with Bruce Springsteen. He's done a lot of 
uh, cool stuff with with Joe, and he's a he's a really talented keyboard player. So it was it was nice to bring him into the mix, and uh, that's the first time I've had a, a piano player in my band. I've always had a rock band, but I've never had a piano player in, in, in the band. So it was nice to uh, finally have that and be able to write tunes that kind of cater to a piano uh, a sound or an organ. You know what I mean? Because uh, it, it was just different, and it was it was nice to have. You know, I, I've I've always dug it and everything, but I just never had the, the, a guy that could do it. You know, um, but uh, the lineup just came together. They're all cool guys, and they wanted to play music. And you know, it isn't for making money. So all these guys that ended up playing with me, they did it because they liked what we were doing. You know what I mean? Because uh, I'm definitely not in a band that's making money around this town. You know what I mean? Um, like some other bands, but. Uh, we do well and the people who play are, are good musicians and it seems like most of the musicians around town did what we're doing so you could and we're doing something right you know oh exactly if uh, yeah you get that, you get that crowd response and everything that people obviously are really digging it and it's kind of funny this is like the third interview i've done and the you pretty much said the same thing as i'm not doing it for the money i just want to have a really good time and i think yeah. that's very important well if you're doing it for the money you're probably not in the right business or you're playing somebody else's songs. Very true. So uh, most of the people who get paid around here are going out playing other people's songs. So, I mean, you could go make money by doing that, but uh, that's that's not what I want to do. So, exactly. I mean, obviously, there's different stuff in the music industry that you know that's for everybody. You know, it's not for everybody with uh, different things. But you know, what you want to do, and you have. I think honestly, having fun, I think trumps. You know. You can make money, or you can have a really good time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to do both, but, I mean, having fun's probably better, you know what I mean? Because so. I think, I mean, eventually, to me, if, if, if you're just doing it and you're not having a great time, you're eventually just going to hate it. So I think having a good time and, you know, maybe and the money will follow. Or it won't, but you're still having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be hopeful, but all right. <laughs> I'm 50, and the money still isn't followed yet. But, I mean, I'm still doing it, right? Exactly. That just shows your passion for it because, again, some people are, like, just going to give up. Like, oh, I'm not making money off this. I'll just, you know, just do something else where I make money. And I think just showing your passion for that you're, you know, 50 years old, still making music and still having a great time, I think yeah. that's very important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, any updates about the Borstal Boys? I know you, you've uh, released a few albums uh, under the name. Uh, so what's kind of where, – where is that headed? Um, it's headed. We have another album coming out probably. Uh, we have a couple singles coming out this year. The album's done. It's just going to be mixed right now. And we're going to release a couple songs. As the songs are mixed, we're releasing, I believe, two or three as singles. And then the whole album probably around October of this year. But uh, I think we're going to uh, release one in like May, one in July, and one in like September, and then release the album in October. Um, that that album is going to be called Rock and Roll Freeway. Um, and so that'll be our next album. But right now, our album that's out, which isn't that old, I mean, it's only been out less than a year, is Crumbs. And um, it's, it, it's, I, I'm really proud of the album. The songs on are really good. Everybody's playing on it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's a nice mix of songs, and um, I'm, I'm really happy with it. So uh, have you checked it out yet? Uh, just, just a little bit here and there. Uh, I've not uh, dove too much into it, okay. but I definitely will be listening to you guys. 
and for for people, and especially for me, like people are not familiar with the Barstool Boys. What uh, what can they expect? What what uh, what would you tell them? I, I I always tell people. I don't know if it's the right thing to say or not, but I always tell people we sound like uh, the faces because that's kind of. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm influenced by, and that's what Vinny's influenced by. It's our favorite rock and roll band of all time. So it's, it's, we, we try to go in that vein. We're a little bit harder than the Faces, but then again, we do, I would say, Faces, Stones, um, just early 70s rock and roll kind of thing is what we got going on. Sometimes there's some a little bit more funk in the tune. Sometimes there's a little bit more R&B, but it's basically a blues rock, 70s vibe kind of uh, – kind of thing definitely it's, it sounds really good from uh you know the little bit of music i've heard so far uh, i really dig it because again you know some of those songs really have a groove to it i would say like they really it, it definitely has that kind of like head bobbing move groove to yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll see the heads bobbing when we're playing too <laughs> for sure for sure someone hasn't checked out the boys boys definitely do that i'm gonna leave some links for you guys in the description but I know, uh, as, as you say, I know you've been really busy for like, I would say even, even during COVID, you, as you said, have been very busy. And I know you, you worked on a very cool project and that was Save Our Stages Pittsburgh. How was it, uh, you know, working on that project, how the idea come about? And if anyone's not familiar, uh, could you uh, brief uh, uh, explanation about it? Um, it was... Uh SOS PGH and it's uh, the song was uh, SOS 2020 because that was the year it happened and um, a friend of mine uh, who's in Royal Honey Eric wrote us he wrote the song and he approached uh, he's on our label as well the vault in Pittsburgh his band is and he approached uh, Bob about he wrote this song he'd like to maybe put it out and he had an idea maybe gets a bunch of people together and stuff um, from around town to record a song and what happened was we all sat down together and um, talked about it and we decided that we were going to do it first and a lot of people wanted to do it um so we got a ton of people from pittsburgh probably over 25 bands maybe or people from 25 bands it was probably 60 70 people involved who just came in to either sing or play on it or, or whatever. And um, so we recorded the tune and it was, we knew that we're in Pittsburgh and we weren't going to raise the kind of money that was going to affect anything. Really. It was, it was more for a, um, it raised some money, but it was more for um, to raise awareness. So it would get, we got it in the news. It was so people would know that, you know, Hey, all these, these places are either closing or they, they need help. We need help from, we needed help from the federal level for them to give money to, to these places that were going to close. So we would, the whole point of it was so we would have a place to play when this pandemic was over, which seems to never be over. But, um, you know, we need places to play. We, p people need to go out and see music. We need that in our lives. And that's why, I mean, it was a really cool cause and it was fun because, I mean, we got, all those people came in from different bands to hang out and play and sing and stuff. And, and it was during a time where there wasn't people really getting together. So it, everybody was like extremely happy to see other musicians and just come hang for the day. And, you know, the one band's coming in, one band's going up, but then out, out, in the, out in the room where the coffee is and stuff, they, everybody's just sitting around talking because it's not, it, it was something that, you know, that's, 
they were missing, you know what I mean? So it kind of gave off that vibe in the whole project as well, you know? But, uh, I mean, it went well. And then after we did the song, I did a whole concert series out at uh, In Stuff Music, which is a, a music store here in Pittsburgh. Um, um, they graciously gave us their place to use, and they, it's a place that you could put uh, a stream, a broadcast on with a band playing with a broadcast. And, and then I, we had two seasons. Each season was four episodes, and there was three bands each night on those, and, and it, you could buy the stream and uh watch it so all the money went to neva which is uh, all where all the money for sos save our stages goes through was neva and uh, neva's the ones that are the ones that were like a um petitioning or the the uh, politicians to get the legislation passed for the money to save our stages but it, but the whole project and all, so you're asking about the project, was fantastic. Um, like I said, it, it was wonderful to work with all those people. Everybody was happy to do it, and it was a feel-good project, so it, it was nice, you know. And I think, you know, obviously, it, it went uh, for a really good cause of, you know, being able to play play shows, you know, when shows were allowed and, you know, when things could happen. I know, unfortunately, in South Bend, I know two, two venues, unfortunately, could could not make it which is two less venues bands have the opportunity to play and being able to play out is super important especially for uh, a local band up and coming band you have to be, you have to play somewhere yes you yeah, you do and uh the less clubs there are then you, you can't go out and play and not even that i mean people always think of that maybe uh people in bands are being like um just thinking about themselves but the, it it makes people feel better to go out and see live music so even if you're not in a band or anything, you need that in your life. You know, without music or art in your life, I mean, what really are we all doing here, honestly? So um, I think it's something that that people needed to know that this can't you can't just let this go by the wayside here and then let a Starbucks go into every single uh, or an Uber place or whatever into every single venue or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So uh, we needed to save those things. And I'm glad, I'm glad, I think it took too long. I think we lost a lot of, of, of great places and things like that. And, um, but at least, at least something eventually happened, you know? For sure. There's you know, at least some good at, you know, along with everything, but also not only, you know, for the experience of seeing, you know, hanging out, seeing some live music, it's also for it's people's jobs. You know, this is you know people in the in the service industry, bartenders. If those places close down, they'll have less places for them to be able to work with. That's no income for them. It affects them as well. It affects everybody. I mean, it's what well, you're talking about locally. I mean, you just have bartenders and waitresses. But if you're talking about national acts, you got drivers. You got people who work in hotels. You got the food industry who has to supply them. I mean, it's it goes. It's it's everybody. I mean, people really just think that the music is something that's like, oh, that's like a fun thing. You know, it's not really that important. But it it really is a driving factor in the economy, and it's a driving factor for people to enjoy their lives. You know, people want to go out. If people aren't going out and go to a play or see a concert or something like that, they're not happy. You know, so I mean, like I said before, what's the sense of it without it? Exactly. I mean, you you summed it up perfectly with everything, and it just how how much of the economy affects if you like, you know, people just look at like just the local, you know, local uh, how it affects locally, but yeah, nationally and even internationally too. With you know, 
bands, uh, you know, traveling overseas and, you know, like Australia and other places to play shows and stuff that, you know, affects their economy as well. It, there's just so much of a driving factor that is music and entertainment that I think people just, you know, maybe before took for granted. Uh, yeah, definitely it was taken for granted. And I, I think, uh, and, you know, it probably will be again taken for granted once things get back on, on track or whatever. But <laughs> because, you know, we have an attention span of – it's very small, uh, but uh, it'll definitely be taken for granted again, For you know, but it shouldn't be. You're right. Exactly. It really shouldn't be. That's why, like, obviously, you know, the stuff I do, the stuff you do, you know, calling attention to some really cool stuff that's going on, you know, uh, in not only the local area, but internationally, nationally as well. It just, there's so much cool stuff going on that people, I, don't, I just don't think they, uh, you know, it's not reaching them, it's not, they're, or, or they're not realizing all those cool things that are going on. Yeah, I mean, music music touches everybody. It's just how, how you get it to them, you know. It, exactly. If you could, I like the what you're doing. Uh, the a lot of more a lot more podcasts came out of uh, the the pandemic and stuff like that. I mean, I've never ever in my life sat around and talked to five different people on a screen before the pandemic, you know. So uh, there's that. I mean, but you can you can reach people online through zoom or podcasts and things like that and it's you kind of get it's kind of cool because you get little inside stories as well you know like you're sitting around talking and and you get like a story that you're never ever going to know if it wasn't for like a podcast or something like that because it's not the normal questions that you would ask in like a five minute interview kind of thing you start talking freely about something and, and it's and it's kind of cool you get those little little facts or tidbits that that are nice to know, you know? Exactly. There's been a lot of great information that, that has come about through podcasts. Cause obviously, you know, I give you know my guests, you know, plenty of time to have a really great conversation instead of like, just like, uh, you know, FM radio where you get like two questions, you answer the, you know, those two questions and you know, they move on with the rest of the show. Podcasts yeah. are always very unique just because you can just sit down and have a conversation. That's what a podcast is. I know people sometimes overthink it, but that's really what it is. That's that's all it is. It's you sit down and you have a, a conversation as if you were you just met somebody and, and you're just talking. You know what I mean? And it's not it's not like an over. It shouldn't be overly produced. You know what I mean? A podcast shouldn't because it, it's the uh, the com. I don't. I'm trying to think of the word for it, but like. It, it, it's kind of just like sitting down at a bar with somebody talking that you that you meet and you just have a conversation with, and you get like I said, there's certain things that a band might not tell you on their album and on their sleeve, or or things like that. But then if somebody starts asking a couple questions, that leads down to a road where you're like, oh, well, that's how you started that. That's how you met this guy. Oh, that's a common connection. You you start getting all that kind of stuff, you know. Exactly. I think it's a really great opportunity for, you know, obviously musicians and anyone like, you know, trying to get into the media field. Like I didn't have any experience before starting my podcast or just some fun I wanted to try. And it's so cool. Just the, the unique stories you can get for stuff. I know there's like, there's the, the murder mystery uh, podcast and they've actually solved, uh, you know, uh, homicides from, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. And it, it's just so cool. All the connections and just all the in, new information you can get out of, just either listening to podcasts or being a part of a podcast. Yeah, I mean, for sure, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. It's just so much now. It, it's it's crazy the volume of of 
of podcasts that there are actually. And uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you because I'm trying to start my I'm starting my own video station in Pittsburgh, which is uh, uh, which is I'm going to be playing all local music, but I'll also play music, regional music, as long as they're not like gigantic national acts or anything like that. But it's going to primarily be uh, local local bands, their videos, and it's going to run 24-7 like MTV used to do, where they play videos, and I'm going to have shows on it. There's going to be four or five shows as soon as I start off, and they're going to be like late-night shows where a band plays live and they get interviewed and things like that. So it's a cool little station I'm trying to start. And it all became because of all of this, because of that SOS project, because when we did the thing at, at In Stuff Music, I really dug just having, I was controlling the cameras and stuff, and I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And it was kind of, to me, it was kind of an art thing, almost like playing a song, because now I'm going from drummer to the guitar player, I'm pushing buttons. And it was kind of that way. So um, so I ended up spending thousands of dollars and building this place. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start a video station coming up this year. That's honestly where I was heading with this conversation. So you beat me to it, which is awesome. Uh, when, uh, when's kind of like, a, is there like a projected launch for uh, this and does it have, does this project have a name? Yeah, it's called music from the four one two. I'd be ecstatic if it was off the ground and running by September. And I'd be happy if it was running by the beginning of next year. So um, you can go online right now and check it out, musicfromthe412.com. Um, and it will basically show you the shows that are going to they're being in the process of being recorded now and produced and things like that. Um, and there's also a place on there for bands. So anyone, anybody listening to this, if, if you're in a band and you have a video and you want to play it on our station, you could submit it. There's a forms uh, section up there. So just, uh, you know, you say that you own the rights to the music and you own the rights to the video and you give us permission to play it and I'll play music. It doesn't matter what genre of music it is. Um, I'll play pretty much anything. Um, probably everything except for like satanic thrash metal <laughs> you know what i mean but other than that i mean i'll pretty much play anything as long as it's music it's done it's done well and it's done professionally it's going to be played definitely i'm going to leave a link for that in the description if anyone wants to check that out anyone looking to submit music definitely fill it fill it out uh, i think it's a really awesome idea of you know uh not only like highlighting like the up-and-coming bands but also having mtv and you know like a, a version of mtv and having it be like that instead of running like reality shows like it does now <laughs> exactly i mean it's it's not an original idea that i'm having here it's just an idea that i think that's needed where i think it's it would be kind of cool to have where you can go on your computer and just hit go open up the website and there's music playing of videos of local bands from around your town and it's just rolling one after another i i always hated the idea of Everybody just goes to YouTube and they just click on a thing of what they want to watch themselves at that particular time. You know what I mean? So they're only interested in the band that they already know. So it'd be kind of cool to provide them something where if they watch for a while, they might find two or three bands that they dig and they might end up going out and see them and they might be open to that where they would have never got that opportunity before by just going and searching the only band that or the bands that they like, you know? So, I mean, that's what I'm kind of trying to accomplish 
is that is is trying to have everybody kind of work together in that sense and kind of expand our city. You know what I mean? The music in our city, anyhow. Exactly. I I think it's it's a great idea. I'm fully fully support that because obviously very something similar to what I do, except not on like a, a bigger scale of what you're doing. And I think it's awesome that uh, you, people can if they're just looking for some great music to listen to. They as you said, they might not like you know every song that comes on or every video but if they if their takeaway is like i just found like four or five new bands that i really want to check out now and listen to i think that's awesome yeah well i mean i tell you what you're already doing it i haven't even started it yet but so uh i'm also I, i'm also thinking about adding uh, you know like your podcast so uh i have 24 hours a day seven days a week to fill space okay so i need content so there's just people who have podcasts like 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 you out there if it's music related i'd like to maybe fill some of the space with with that kind of stuff as well so uh, you know maybe you should think about it hey i'm always open to new possibilities and opportunities hey just let me know man if you need content Yes. I got, I got, I got like 200 plus episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've seen it. I was watching, I was watching a couple of them today, actually. Hey, I, I really appreciate it. Did, did you enjoy? Yes. Yes. Very much. Awesome. Awesome. That is, that is the goal. Every time is if people have if people who like it and if they discover new music, I like the band. That's, that's, that's my goal. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just nice, and you have a you have a lot of people on here from from different places, and it's 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 nice to see that every the people are reaching out to you, and um, like I would have never heard of some of those bands if I didn't. In the last two days, I was checking you out, you know what I mean. So while I'm checking you out, I would have never there was four or five bands on there that I kind of dug that I would have never even seen, you know what I mean. I, to the point where, like, okay, I dig it. I went to iTunes, downloaded the thing from iTunes. Now I have it on my thing, and, I'll, and I'm going to be listening to it now. So, you know, in the next couple of days when I'm on my random play, it's going to come up, and I'm going to be like, who's this? Oh, you know what I mean? So it's a good thing, yeah. And that's that's my goal with, like, every episode. If, if they make some new fans who, you know, go check out their music, go, I really dig this. I'm going to put them in my playlist, shuffle, whatever. That, that's what I, that's what I hope for, especially with a lot of these grand, a lot of these bands. I think are kind of just you know, overlooked that they're not even played on the FM radio or other yeah. podcasts. And it's like you have a home here on Super Cool Radio, just because you, it, it's good music that's getting not the uh, airtime it deserves. I, I totally agree. FM radio don't play anything locally here. There's there's one station here that plays local bands, and that's because of Utah and Bob and. Uh, but uh, pretty much, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple bands that get the get the time from around town, and that's about it. And there's, you know, a thousand bands in town. You know, so um, that's kind of what I want to do with with the station that I'm doing. I want to give that time. I want to. I want them to be able to put it on. And if they if they're working a little boutique store store or something, you could put music from the four hundred one two on, and it's just going to be they can leave it as background music. You don't even have to watch it say like you're watching the episodes or anything, it's just going to be one video after another of local bands. And and I think if people would do that, I mean, you might be like, wow, who is this band? And, and, and actually go check out local music rather than 
going to watch a DJ or, <laughs> or something. I don't even know how people watch DJs, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> well, maybe you just invented something new now. Hey, watch a DJ. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, don't do that. That's like reality. It's worse than reality TV. <laughs> what about paint drying? Is it better than that or worse? <laughs> what, watching a DJ? <laughs> yeah, probably. It's worse than watching paint drying. Or, or a tribute band. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's just me. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one there. <laughs> well, that was good, though. That was good. All right. Uh, as we're kind of wrapping up this interview, I know you got a lot of great things in the works. What are, what are your plans for this year, if you haven't already discussed uh, uh, your plans, anything else for your plans for this year? My plans for this year is to finish the Boys to Boys next album and to record all my stuff for music from the 412. Even though it's not going to be out till September or next year, I'm doing – I have my own show on it, and my show is going to be 13 episodes, and um, they're one-hour episodes, and uh, – I'm going to be recording every Wednesday and Thursday for the next three months, just recording the episodes. Um, and I have six other people that I'm doing those kind of shows with. So I'm going to be busy with this music from the 412 the rest of this year, for sure. As I, I really don't have any time to do anything else. <laughs> but like that, you know, so. Well, I definitely look forward to when that launches. I'm, uh, very, it's a, it, it's a great, it's it, just a concept. I really love it that it's obviously it's focused on music that you're not going to hear you know, on, you know, on FM radio, or other places. It's, it's music that uh, it's getting overlooked that people should check out. Yes. Uh, well, as it gets closer, I'll definitely uh, call you up, man. And we'll talk. Definitely for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hit me up. Hit me up anytime. Always, always available. I like one of them cool shirts right there. Hey, hey, well, I might know someone who might be able to hook you up with one. All right, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> I might know someone who has a Borsal Boys shirt for you. Well, I, I, I think I think we might have to have our people talk to uh, your people. Hey, your people get in touch with mine, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky, thank you so much for hanging out with me here at Super Cool Radio. A really, really great time chatting with you. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Matthew. It was nice to meet you too, brother. Uh, very nice to meet you. For Rocky of the Borstal Boys, make sure to check out Stream Support. Give a like to the Borstal Boys and make sure to uh, stay up to date with Rock with everything that Rocky's doing. I'll leave some links for all of his different things that he has in the description. Make sure to check all of that out. But I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. Stay frosty. Peace. <laughs>